Welcome to the Our Scottish Future podcast. Our Scottish Future is a new campaign that fights for a better Scotland within a reformed United Kingdom. We believe the problem with Scottish politics isn't when we seek to do things differently, it's when we don't cooperate when it's in the Scottish people's interest to do so. So we want to build a more cooperative UK and we believe we need changes in Westminster to do exactly that. This podcast will highlight how we can build that more cooperative UK with interviews, conversations and debate. Please do have a listen and recommend it to a friend. Hello, my name's Eddie Barnes. I work for the Our Scottish Future Think Tank. Uh, On Friday evening last week at the Scottish Labour Conference, we held a joint event with the Scottish Fabians, where we were joined by Lisa Nandy, the Shadow Labour Secretary, by Sarah Boyack, the Scottish Labour Spokesperson for Culture, External Affairs and the Constitution, and by Professor Jim Gallagher, the Chairman of Our Scottish Future. This short podcast gives you an idea of some of the ideas that came up over the evening. We took as our theme the idea of joining up. It's our view that if we're going to get levelling up, then we need governments also to join up. And that's not just that's not just the UK government and devolved governments, but also local government. How do we get all three working better on an issue that everybody in politics agrees is now vitally important? And how are Edinburgh and London delivering on it? In a question and answer session afterwards, uh, after the main event, Lisa Nandy kicked things off by talking about the relationship between local government and central government in England. The MP for Wigan, she made the point that levelling up must be as much about empowerment of local towns and cities as it is about money. Both London and Edinburgh, she said, indeed all leaders of, uh, of our political parties, continue to see things from their end of the telescope. What's needed, she said, was for us to flip the culture so we see power and funds properly residing as close to people as possible. It shouldn't be for local government to get the begging bowl out. Central government should be working to their agenda instead. And I was thinking about it in advance of the levelling up white paper and thinking, how do I articulate this on telly tomorrow when, you know, because for a lot of people, we've had so much taken from us that something back is welcome you know we're not going to sniff at hanging baskets if all we're getting is hanging baskets we'll have the hanging baskets thanks because we could do with some after everything they've taken from us and then i thought what is it called when you give loads of money to someone and then you get a little bit back and i thought a refund that's what it is (laughs) and it's not even a proper refund it's a partial refund on the money that they've taken away from us so i think we just got to get better at this language this is not their money it's our money we are the people across this country and in the labor movement we know this more than ever that built this country that built our wealth and influence that kept this country going during the pandemic it's our money give it back so that we can spend it on the things that we know work and i think on this point about hoarding and centralizing power all i would say is that you know i've been really struck listening to sarah particularly talking about the way that the smp has done this it's so similar to the tories in westminster as well all this talk about handing power out but it's all been pulled back in you look at the integrated rail 
plan this you know northern powerhouse rail stuff that they just abolished the other day after announced press releasing it 60 times over seven years and then they just got rid of it but they didn't just take the money away from us they took the power back from transport for the north to the department for transport in westminster to deliver the whole of northern powerhouse rail so whatever we've got left we don't get to decide how that is delivered this is the story of the last decade but it's not just at government level is it that happens at council level too and how many times have we heard this story around the country whichever party is in control of a council where people feel that too often their council is doing things to them not with them um, and stopping them from doing things rather than enabling them from doing things so we've got a the answer is accountability the answer is that these structures we create have to be far more responsive and accountable to people. I'm not that bothered about the levelling up slogan, actually. I just think in the end, you know, we Brexit, we obsessed about, I mean, I've got this stupid job title now, Shadow Secretary of State is bad enough, but then for levelling up housing communities and God knows what else Michael Gover's got in this, He's been on this supermarket suite round Whitehall and he's got every bit of everybody's departments. I keep discovering new parts and thinking, you've got to be kidding me. But I mean, you know, in the end, it touched something, didn't it, for people. It did back home. They understood what it meant in the same way that take back control touched something for some, people, some of the people who voted leave in this country. I'm not that bothered what we call it. I just want us to get on and convince people that we can really do it. There's a fairly basic principle, it's not very sexy, but it's called subsidiarity. Mm -hmm. Power should reside at the lowest possible level, as close to the people as possible. We've got to flip the culture. It's not about us going begging for powers for hotel bed taxes. These are our powers. Power rightly belongs with the people. It's not about, I used to have this argument with Ed Miliband, they used to talk about restoring, uh, giving power, handing power to people. I'd say, it's not your power, restore it to us, because we rightfully own it. And the powers that you take, you treat with care and you use properly, like Sarah said, when you've got them and you hold them in trust for next generations. And it's for them to decide whether they continue to gift them to you to use or not. We've got to flip the culture. After Lisa, uh, Sarah Boyack spoke about the situation for local government in Scotland and the centralising agenda that we've seen under the Scottish government over the last 15 years. She also talked about the need to end the culture of, quotes, devolve and forget within the UK government. After more than 20 years of devolution, she argued we need to think more about how we improve the relationship between London and Edinburgh, no matter who's in charge. Fair deal for local government, that stands out as a fundamental issue in terms of funding, because so much of what we need in our communities um, is impacted by local government not having the funds. And what we've had in Scotland is 15 years, not just of underfunding, but centralising how the money is allocated and a government dis directing local government in how it will actually spend the money. So reducing the capacity of councils to deliver. So I think that's a key thing. If you think back to 2007, the SNP promised to abolish the unfair council <laughs> tax. I think they've had about three groups of people working on it now. I've, I've actually been to joint meetings with other parties to discuss how it might be replaced. Absolutely nothing. And you'll not hear anything about it before the elections this year. Um, in terms of the intergovernmental structures, um, we've definitely got devolve and forget. Um, that's been used by others as a term. What we need to do is look at other successful countries where there's actually quite powerful regional governments 
other nation states where they've actually managed to do this. And partly it's about having structures that are transparent. So governments are able to talk to each other behind closed doors on occasion when they really, really need to. So like COVID, uh, to discuss exactly when the dates are going to be, then being transparent, inter-parliamentary inter stuff as well. And I think there are definitely lessons to learn from other European countries in particular about how you make this work in terms of sharing powers and you um, between Scotland and the UK. But it would be interesting, wouldn't it, as well, to have Scotland, UK and local government involved in that dialogue as well, when actually a lot of the time local government is the delivery med model. So there's something about that. And again, that's respect. It's also parity of esteem. For me, it's not actually giving up control. It's more about respect to work with each other. So for me, if we get Keir Starmer elected, the intergovernmental changes I'd want to happen in the first year, because it's really important that we actually have that grown up respect between governments, whether it's Mark Drakeford and Keir Starmer, whoever's in Scotland and Keir Starmer, but also at the, the local level as well. And it has to be an urgent thing for us. And I don't see it as giving up. I actually see it more as the exercising powers in the interests of our constituents, because the Tories are undermining devolution, UK Internal Market Act, because they want to just liberalise trade um, and reduce people's employment opportunities, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we want to do. I mean, we want to be able to innovate still in Scotland and then share that innovative experience. So free bus travel got shared everywhere after yeah, we did yeah. it. And there's stuff in other parts of the UK we should be learning about social prescribing. We're not even at the races. So there's something about sharing your experiences, but making sure it's led by what do your people locally need? Yeah. People have to come first at all times, and that's something you can never forget, I don't think, in politics. Then Professor Gallagher, who as a senior civil servant helped draw up the original devolution acts of the late 90s and advised both Tony Blair and Gordon Brown on the matter, spoke about why devolution in England would matter for Scotland by changing the whole approach of the centre to the rest of the UK. And apologies for the sound quality here. Let me tell you why devolution in England matters for Scotland. And it matters very much uh, because at the moment the UK is trying to be two kinds of states at once. It's trying to be a unitary state for England with some odds and ends on the edge and from Edinburgh or Cardiff or Belfast, it looks like it's trying to be a federal state. And that is the root of the difficulty that, that Sarah referred to in intergovernmental relations. Once power is decentralized in England, and it will be, the present lot will not make a very good job of it, but they'll start right, it will be decentralised, then the whole nature of central government changes and the whole relationship between the centre and the rest of the country changes. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Lisa had mentioned the principle of subsidiarity, she's absolutely right. The point about subsidiarity is also that people do their own job, right, and central government does its own job, not everybody else's job, right, and that's why uh, the UK needs decentralisation in England, to be the UK. So if you look at the history of British local government, um, it was northern cities, Glasgow, Birmingham, uh, which led two things. They led the economic revolution of the time, but they also led the social revolution. So think, uh, I was in the library last night, as it happens, and I was uh, reading about Chamberlain's Birmingham. And the list of things 
which Chamberlain drove through. Sadly, he wasn't a member of the Labour Party. I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, he drove through municipal gas, municipal water, municipal sewage, uh, slum clearance, uh, regional redevelopment. And these were local authorities responding on their own initiative to the social problems of the day. And the challenge for us is to create an environment in which our cities, our towns, can respond in the same way to the social problems of today. Uh, they're not the same ones. We can't just re recycle the 19th century for all sorts of reasons. Uh, but the model, which is local initiative uh, and in the end, central support, because the mechanism which Chamberlain and co used and which we might, uh, in my opinion, reinvent is, of course, the mechanism of the local private legislation for those of you who are technicians in this matter. Right. So there are ways of doing this and we should do them. Professor Gallagher also agreed on the need to fix the relationship between Holyrood and Westminster, something that Labour's Commission on the Future of the UK, chaired by Gordon Brown, is likely to examine. Um, what we got right uh, in 1999 was the definition of the powers uh, of the Holyrood Parliament uh, and administration. And we got that right because we built on the pre-existing administrative structures that had been had grown up over a, over a century, in fact. And, and essentially, we designed the powers around what was already there. So that was actually very successful. And I think it was Sarah who said earlier that the thing we didn't do was design the relationships uh, and we've got to fix the relationships. The relationships need to be fixed uh, in three ways. The first uh, has been mentioned uh, and that is structural, getting the organisation structures right. And I am very much in favour uh, of the, um, the idea of turning the present dysfunctional joint ministerial committees into a functional uh, council of the nations and regions uh, in which uh, Wigan might have a place, you never know. That's a structural part of the solution. Uh, but I think uh, there's an attitudinal part. Uh, uh, and sadly, we can no longer rely on the good chap theory of government. You know, we have to have a, uh, we have to live with the fact that we might get bad chaps in government. Um, and so that means there's also a constitutional part to that solution. For Lisa Nandy, the test of all this is to empower and encourage local communities to, coin a phrase, take control. She finished by mentioning her own town of Wigan. Um, on the final point about local government and what local government does well, you know, and I'm sorry, it's Wigan again, but my council in 2008 saw that cuts were coming. We didn't expect them to be as bad as they were, but we thought there might be a Tory government soon. And we ended up with the third deepest cuts in the country. So we got ahead of the game and we launched something called the Wigan Deal. And that was about giving power to people to make decisions about what was protected. So we were going to close all the libraries apart from the one in the town centre. People can't, single mums with kids, young kids can't spend, two, you know, eight quid on two buses to get into town to go to a library. So we scrapped it because people said that's not good enough. But in return, a lot of people came forward because we lost a lot of our skilled librarians. They came forward to volunteer and staff those libraries so that we could keep them for when things got better. If you walk around Wigan now, you'll see people out on Saturdays mowing grass verges and we've had an up uptick in recycling. We hit our 
our targets for the first time ever a few years ago so now we don't get financially penalized by government it has brought people back into the center of our town and the decisions that are made about it and although i wouldn't say there's been much good about the last decade and what's been taken from us and what's been lost what i would say is that the approach that we took meant that no longer was the council this monolithic structure that did stuff to people but instead became a partner walking alongside people to create the sort of community that we knew that we could be that's the sort of leadership that i believe in and that's the sort of leadership that i think this country could benefit from we were grateful for Times columnist Kenny Farkerson for sharing questions. Our Scottish future exists to promote a reformed United Kingdom in which better cooperation between the nations of the region is embedded in the way the country is run. And if you've been interested in what you've heard today and would like to learn more, please go to our website, ourscottishfuture.org. Thanks very much. <laughs>